The Portland Trailblazers pick up a few wins before the end of the year, but more importantly, Scoot Henderson is on the rise, and that's all we care about them with a couple injuries here and there. Looking ahead at the seven-game road trip on the Blazer Focus Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian and Oregon Live, along with Craig Burnback. Craig, the Blazers just started a seven-game trip. It's probably going to get ugly, but we, we're trying to be positive it got here. a little ugly already. It got a little, yeah, it got blown out by the Suns, but, you know, they've got injury issues again. But, you know, yep. at least Scoot Henderson is showing signs of life. But first, before we get to Scoot, what did you what did you glean from this team when they won three out of six? Because they had, they had lost eight in a row, I think. Then they won three out of six. They beat the Kings and, and the, the Suns. We talked about those games before, but, you know, the San Antonio series, they showed some signs here and there. Like, did you get anything out of that little run? Aside from Scoot, why, why are you trying to sucker me in to talk about wins and losses when like we well, it's not committed it's not, to the fact that these no, won't matter. I well, I know, but when they beat playoff teams, when they when they play better basketball over a stretch, they're they're demonstrating some signs of growth, or it's just fluky basketball because the NBA is crazy, right? So that's what I'm sort of asking. Like, did you yeah. see some things that impressed yes. you um, during that run? No, no, okay. Oh, I mean, <laughs> some things that impressed me, but more things of. Uh, more of yeah, this is the NBA. You're gonna, you're not gonna lose 82, <laughs> you know. And the Spurs, you know, back to back was classic, right? I mean, you lose to the Spurs, you get blown out at home by the Spurs with Wemby, and then, and and yet you kept sneaking almost back in the game, right? Oh, they're all, you know they were down like 34 to six, and then <laughs> oh they're within 11, and or and then no. They lost by 13. And then the next night when San Antonio sits Wemby and basically plays a G League team against you, you start blowing them out. And somehow they got within six at the end, right? But <laughs> right. just because it was two bad teams playing basketball. You know, the Kings win was the best. That was the best win of the season. I mean, I, I think that that was clear. Um, and it was good to have something um, I, like that. Because again, there's only so much that an athlete, a professional athlete who's used to being successful, can take as far as losing. Um, because then it becomes habitual, and then you're the Pistons, right? But uh, no, I mean, because you beat the Spurs, you're like, yay. And then you play the Suns at Phoenix without Kevin Durant, and you basically play three horrific quarters. You know, your first quarter was really good and then three horrific quarters. So, um, again, I'm not trying to get caught up in the um, too much of the, the wins and losses roller coaster unless we see something like when you win four out of five or, um, you know, if they came back on this trip and okay. they, they won – Winning record, I'd be like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I misvalue it. You know, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about with this team. And they don't, they are going to be better than I thought. So here, here's why I'm just, okay. They, they lost eight in a row, like I said. They, they get some people back. They've won three out of six, but they've had a bunch of people out again. In, the, in that stretch, for, at, at, well, for the most of it, especially that, that Sacramento game, you saw some glimpses of what, this team could look like when they're close yep. to whole. And then Ant gets sick. Aiton goes out. Now Kamara went out. Sharp was out. Like they can't get everything together. So yeah, you're right. We're not we're not Tumani was out. What'd I say? No, I don't know. I just threw it in there. No. 
Did you say that? I thought, I, I thought I said Kamara. Anyway, um, you did. I probably you probably <laughs> right. That. So yeah, it's not about wins and losses in terms of can they get back in the race or anything like that. But mm-hmm. when they go out and play well enough as a group to win, and they do it against winning teams, you know they're they're showing some things defensively, obviously in those situations. But yeah, you can you can rack it up as just being the NBA, being the NBA. But when you win three out of six after losing eight in a row, you're probably showing some signs of life that I think we're trying to to capture in evaluating this team and then they go and they get blown out by the suns and it's like, okay, but again, you were missing three starters. So it's really, really difficult <clears throat> to get much out of that either way, unless, unless they had played well and they didn't. So it is what it is. I agree with you that they're, they're not going to go on 82. Therefore some of these wins are just product of the NBA, but I do think that we're continuously seeing signs here and there of growth in certain players, growth in depth, and the mentality that they're trying to create where they don't quit and they're trying and they're playing hard on defense. And those are the types of culture setters that can lead to promising things in the future, which is why I'm trying to grasp onto something here and say, they're showing some signs of that. And they did so by winning three out of six. I'll give you that. I mean, <laughs> again, I just, I just, you lost to the Spurs at home. Like you got blown out, but you, Spurs, but you were, but you, a four win team. I know. Like that was bad, right? I know, but you, that's bad. I, I know it's bad, but you, hold on a second. Weren't they, did Ant play in that game? Yeah. No, yeah, Ant, but the first who one. played for the Spurs. <laughs> you know, like, as okay, I so, say, like, no, but you were, and, you were, yeah, but you're missing three of your top five players. Sure, but you're starting Moses Brown to a four win team at home. But you're starting like I don't care. Like that was bad. But and 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 the guys that you want to see play well did not play well, right? So um I that's what I mean. I'm just not getting I'm I'm going to look at the positives and hope that that means something for the future. But if you're being honest, then you gotta do the same thing with the negatives, right? And say, okay, maybe not, right? We're gonna count, we're gonna concentrate on the positives because that's what you have to do when you you know that the team that you're talking about is going to win between 25 and 30 games so um but you know some of it is to me like when brogdon or grant go off i just don't get that excited because i'm like so what you know like i don't see that as mattering long term as opposed to when i see scoot make like a no look, get hit in the face pass, you know, for, for a beautiful layup. Then I'm like, Oh, okay. There you go. Right. I don't care if Brogdon hits a three, like good for him. But <laughs> how's he like, like, how's that going to help in four years? Right. Like I don't see it helping. So uh, that's kind of how I evaluate. Um, and that to me, sometimes when they win games, it's often some of the vets are stepping up and playing, you know, well, in times when they, when they need to win. Right. So when you beat the Kings and I look at that win, I say, okay, well, why did you win? And why does it matter to me? (laughs) And, uh, and it doesn't always add up to being what I, what I care about, uh, with the positives, just because again, I'm not trying to evaluate whether or not Brogdon gets 19 points. Like, in that game and shows up big. Uh, I was pumped that Reith had 25. Like, that's crazy to me. Like that's where my, that's where my excitement was. And then he got hurt. Like what right. the heck? <laughs> so, 
I was about to buy the wreath jersey and then the man's back hurt. So does, does that make sense? Like, I'm not going to excite you beat the Spurs. You beat the Kings best win of the year. Simon's had 29. I already know he's good. And Brogdon had 19. I already know he's good. So I, I'm not pumped. But you got, uh, like you just you said, know, in that got, game. You just said but Scoot had 17 Scoot had, and Scoot looked great. Well, that's what I said. Scoot, you just mentioned wreath for high 25. Scoot had 17 yes, awesome. and 11. And Jabari Walker came off the bench for 17 and 6. And they played some great. Yep, those are the things that I. Those are the things. That's what I'm trying to say. That's my evaluation. If they would have lost that game, one fifteen to one thirteen, and it, um, and it would have been obviously you can't have the same stats, but the same kind of stat line. I would have been just. I guess I wouldn't be the win wouldn't have mattered to me as much as the performances by the younger people. Does that make sense? I hear you. Like I, I they okay. won one thirty to one thirteen, and and they just. They when they usually folded, they didn't, and the Kings did. So uh, I appreciated that, but I don't appreciate you know that getting excited about statistics in games when you're down by twenty. Same kind of thing because <laughs> right. I'm like, well, if it's competitive, it matters, and that game was competitive, and the numbers were good. All right, so let's let's talk about some of these young cats. Then let's start let's start with Scoot, Scoot Henderson. In in uh, oh, was it last ten games leading up to this game against the Suns, shot forty three percent on threes, still a lot of turnovers, only shooting forty percent or thirty nine percent from the field. Um, his, his assists have been up. He's had two eleven assist games. Clearly looking more confident. Clearly looking like he knows what he's doing. Still has moments where he looks like a nineteen year old rookie, but he's um, <clears throat> he's getting to his spots differently. He's shooting with more confidence. John C. Billups talked, you know, the other day about how you know, he's enjoying watching his ascension and how the game's slowing down for him. He's not as rushed. And that win against the Spurs, you know, one of the key reasons why is because he kept everything on schedule with 11 assists. He had six in the second quarter when they, when they really turned things up defensively as well and sort of took control of that game. Uh, so clearly his best stretch of the season. So regardless of the, the wins and losses he impacted <laughs> – What's been your evaluation of Mr. Henderson lately? Well, he's playing, you know, he's playing 35 minutes a game, you know, about, and so you're seeing more, uh, which I appreciate. Um, again, I'm looking at the moments. Cause when you do look at the stats, I just happen to glance at the stats, like the win and the loss against the Spurs, the loss, he had 25 points um, in the win. He had 22. Now in the loss, he only had four assists. And he had six turnovers. In the win, he had 11 assists and four turnovers. In both games, he shot almost identical. Eight for 23 in the uh, in the loss and nine for 21 in the win, right? Like, they're not – neither one's remarkably great. He made uh, – they're the better, in, in obviously, in the win. Uh, but, yeah, I just – the moments is what I'm enjoying. I'm, I'm enjoying him on the break and showing that strength and that speed. And, God, he can finish at the rim. Um, with some creativity. Now, sometimes he's creatively misses uh, or gets blocked because <laughs> he still hasn't figured out, you know, how to play in the NBA that these, the guy, the guys that are really good and know how to do it. But yeah, he's, he's played better. And the question becomes when Simons gets back, like, do you want to cut his, do you want to cut his minutes back down to 20 or do you want to keep him above 30? I mean, where are you on that? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, if he, if he 
I don't know. If you get her more minutes off the bench, that's fine. That then they're probably going to come from Brogdon. If you're still, you know, it's committed yeah. to development, obviously. Uh, but you're trying to showcase Brogdon a little bit because you're probably trying to trade him. As a matter of fact, they are trying to trade him. Um, you know, you could start sharp at the three, but you kind of like Kamara there. So do you just commit to bringing Scoot off the bench and start Scoot? Excuse me, commit to bringing Sharp off the bench and start Scoot, or just keep Scoot coming off the bench but increase his minutes? I mean, there's all sorts of different ways it could go. But you know what? We may, we may not have to worry about that because they may not all ever be healthy at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right. So right. I mean, there's so that. Right. Yeah. The trade deadline is in what a month and a half. Um, or is it a yeah. month? So just about yeah, January. So Brogdon could be gone in a matter of weeks any, anyway. So then th- that clears everything up, and you don't have to worry about it as much. But I'm I'm trying to get Brogdon minutes unless I know what his trade value already is, and I know what teams are interested, in, and then I don't have to worry about that. Uh, so I'm going back to yeah. I don't think you have to worry about that. I mean, this is the guy six man of the year last year. You know, I mean, I, I think that everyone would understand. I think you're at more risk of him getting hurt and losing right. his value That's, than you are. That would be so. I wouldn't play. I mean, I I would play him less. But I don't know how you, I don't know how you play him and play him less. That's the hard part. Like, February how do you 8th. cut Brogdon's minutes? Um, February eighth is a trade deadline. So you're looking at a month. Yeah, I guess that you're right. Long term, who cares? He's 19. Continue this, and then eventually get him back up to 30 some odd minutes. Yeah. Um, but I just there's going to be that stretch here if Simon, you know, when Simon's gets back from the illness, and and there you got the four of them again because uh, luckily Sharp is back. That he's going to go back down to like 23 minutes rather than 37 minutes, and then it's harder for Scoot to, you know, to to shine and. And I don't care what Billups says. We've seen it. When the games are close, he's playing Brogdon in the fourth. You know what I mean? And I get it. It's hard not to. So that's the part that, yeah, I'd like to hit the fast forward button to when they've traded Brogdon. And I I mean, I I can't imagine that they're not going to. It doesn't make a lot of sense to not trade him, um, especially when you've seen that Scoot is doing more with more minutes. Um, And – you know, when Simons gets back, I, that you know, we just fall back into that thing where we know that Simons and Scoot are two lead guards. So, what happens there? Um, and then we get then we get into that messy uh, future of the franchise stuff that uh, is going to be a constant until it gets worked out. All right, before we get to this road trip, let's talk about the other youngins. Which Phillips likes calling them the youngins. Jabari Walker had a career high the other night. Baji Abu Baji had just rejected Zach Collins a couple times. Uh, Moses Brown got a start, had 11 rebounds in 14 minutes, and then Duop Brief came off the bench behind him. And when he had his career high 25, but then he got hurt after that. So there's been some nice signs by some of the youngsters, aside from Kamara and Henderson. Uh, anything any takeaways from um, those cats? So great stories, right? Like right. they're Dwarf Reed, that story's just amazing. Guy wouldn't give up playing in Lebanon and just kept trying. And he gets to be in the NBA game and score twenty five points. I don't know what his future holds. Um, but I'm just that's just a great story and something to cheer for. I mean, the guy shot nine for fifteen. I mean, he was plus twenty four in an NBA game. Like who thought? No one knew who that guy was. <laughs> and he scored twenty five points. That's awesome to me. And 
the Baji story also great. I mean, he he we know why uh, he's played very little basketball for a guy who's in the NBA. Um, got in two minutes in the, against the Kings, and you thought, well, we'll probably not see him play. He'll be back with the you know remix, and uh, because Reed's hurt and Aiton's hurt, there he is in a game. Um, messing up in front of everybody and getting dunked on and then blocking shots. And uh, I love there was a point where he went up to to block a shot last night and he fouled the guy and he was kind of complaining. And Walker came over and was like, you could see he was like, dude, you got to go straight up. <laughs> you know, like you got to go straight up. Don't try to block it. This is NBA. Like you're not going to block everything. Go straight up. Uh, and I love seeing that because you think, wow, Walker's talking like a vet. Right. And uh, I love how Walker's playing. I mean, just amazing energy. Um, he can flat out rebound, you know, no surprise who his dad was and had a career in the NBA for doing little things. Um, and again, you know, he's scoring points at, on – a roster where there there aren't scores necessarily out there. Um, and I think it's great to see him be able to develop that. Um, but he's, he's an NBA rotation player. You know what I mean? Like that we know, and he could be your eighth guy. Um, and if he's your star, if he's your worst starter, you know, not terrible, you know, like, in, and he, he's getting better. Um, so I think Walker long-term is the best uh, part of what we're, we're seeing. Um from the but bench, I, I from the bench mob, the locker room, and after. <laughs> you made yeah, I got. I got to imagine it's kind of fun um, covering these guys in the locker room after, you know, because the joy that they have to be expressing has to be really a cool energy on a, on a team with where wins aren't going to to give you that, right? Yeah, in part, you know, you're hoping someone shines, one of the youngsters shine in some of these blowout losses or losses in general, or especially in the wins, because, yeah, there's a lot of guys on this team who are trying to make their way in the NBA coming from, you know, unenviable situations. Counting Kamara, who's a second-round pick, right? Late second-round pick. Uh, Jabari, second-round pick. Um, Moses Brown kind of becoming a journeyman. And they, they've all delivered moments, you know, and uh, and the vets are always happy for them. <clears throat> and there'll be some teasing back and forth where someone gets a lot of attention from the media one night. <laughs> It's kind of cute. It's a pretty young locker room. And then the vets, you know, like Grant and Matisse are just so laid back and chill and ant, right? So it's it's not an intense place at all. And yeah, everyone's pulling for each other. And there's a lot of a lot of good stories and, and young players trying to make their way in their league. And, you know, if you're, if you're Blazers moving forward and you're trying to build a winner, you got to hit on some of these, right, second round picks. <clears throat> and... Right now, I don't I don't see Walker and Kamara right now as starters on a winning team, um, but I definitely can see where both can contribute and play on a winning team because they're giving you energy, they're giving you defense, and they're both just starting out. So they're going to keep getting smarter as they gain experience, and they're not going to be negatives. And they're going to go out there and they're going to piss people off because they're going to be nuisances and they're going <laughs> to give you all the dirty work that you need. And then when they're called upon, they can finish and they're developing their shots and things like that. So, yeah, those, those are two two really good gifts. And we'll see how Ryan Rupert develops. He hasn't really played much with the NBA teams, mostly with the G League team. And then Reith is 27. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him, you know, down the road. Do they keep him? Is he, you know, is he the third center? To me, if he's your third center, you're in pretty damn good shape. Um, true backup, I don't know. I Potentially, we'll see. But they're, they've definitely done a good job of, of corralling some young cats to sort of see how they develop, no doubt about that. 
All right. I know you don't care about wins and losses. What are you hoping to see on this road trip? Because they're about to lose every game probably, except for maybe one. You got Dallas there twice. Are, right. There are no wins. There's no wins when you look at it, right? You're not like, oh, that's the win. <laughs> well, they, like, ooh, they, go, ooh, they, go, ooh, they go to Dallas ooh. twice, and they got the Knicks in Brooklyn, <laughs> yeah. and then they go OKC in Minnesota. And that's after they just got blown yeah, out by the Suns. No, yeah. I mean, I think that it'll be rare when they're – I don't know if there's a game there that they're not – that they're not ten, you know, double figure <laughs> underdogs, right? I mean, so um, I don't know the back to back in Dallas. I, I want to see how they can react because you know it's hard for NBA teams to play back to backs, um, and and there might be players that take off. Well, the, I mean, the, I don't there's know a day, there's a day off between. There's a day off between. There's a day off between. Yeah, okay. it's two games in so Dallas, but they have they, a day off. We'll see how they play them. I mean, I think you know, I don't know how Kevin Durant's hamstring was. I don't know. <laughs> Like maybe he really did tweak it in the game that he never came out of, right? Um, but like NBA teams are going to start doing that, right? They're going to look at the Blazers and 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 they're going to say, you know what, we're going to win this one without without. Are our you calling them a load? Are you calling them a prime load management opponent? I'm saying I don't know. <laughs> like we'll see if he plays in the next game. It seems rather suspicious that he didn't come out of the last game. And then he did play in this game, and then he played in the other game. Um, so there'll be opportunities there for um, maybe rosters that are not at full strength. But I guess what I'm I'm looking to see again is effort and uh, the young players and how how they react to. So last night they didn't react well to being up, you know, after a first quarter playing really well. They did not react well when Phoenix said, oh, I guess we'll have to play tonight. And there was no pushback. And it is rare on for this team, even though they have so few wins, it is rare for them to show nothing. They often show nothing in the first quarter and then <laughs> work their way back for three quarters. And you that's better than starting off hot and then finishing the way they did. So – but I mean, how do you? I mean, they could play a great game and lose by twelve to Dallas, right? Like, and we'll know it. Or they could play a terrible game and lose by twelve at Dallas because they were really down twenty-eight, and then it gets mixed. You know, things get mixed up. But how they defend um, superstars has been interesting to me, especially when Kamara's healthy, because, like you said, Kamara's been going there and annoying people, uh, and so interested to see how they handle that um but i mean what do you think one in six like what do you honestly think i mean they're gonna they gotta win one they're usually seven losing seven on the road like that how would that not be disheartening yeah if you lose seven all of them so the fact that they beat the kings at home and they beat the Suns at home when they won three out of six right that shows right there that stuff just happens it's just the NBA. Right. So I, I'm going to go one and six with the potential for – like one I think is a given, and I think there could be a potentially that second one where Ann and Aiden combine for 50 you know, when they come back. Because when they're healthy, man, you got – I mean, on paper, you got Ant, Grant, Brogdon, Sharp, and Aiden. That's a formidable five. Like you better come to play. It's not terrible. Yeah, that 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 five is going to go through that seven games and win a couple. 
because Anne's capable of going off, Grant's, you know, and they put it together on the same night where if someone else sits someone or someone has a bad night, and like I said, they just beat the Suns and the Kings, right? So I'm going to say, I'm going to say two and five just to be positive. That means two and four. They've already lost one though. Damn. They lost one with Durant, but they're, uh, they're okay. I guess it depends on how many guys they get back. See, I don't know. I can't say because I don't know when the other guys are coming back. I'm going to say at least one. How about at least one? one 1.5 is the over-under, and I'm going to go over if they get five games from Ant. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I'm breaking it down. That's that's a lot of things there. I'm going to take the under on 1.5. If it doesn't snow in New York and uh, <laughs> the plane's on time. I mean, yeah, I would take the – I mean, they're going to win one or two games or – I just don't want them to win zero because I do think at some point in time they're taking these games seriously. And I don't mean that like, of course they are. I mean, the young guys are taking it. When when the Blazers lose, you could see how upset Scoot and Kamara are. Like they're not – and you could see the difference. And I'm not calling out Aiton here. I'm not calling them out on – but you could see the difference in their faces. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like on how it affects them. Aiton's like, I know how to win, you know, People might criticize me, but I, I was on a lot of uh, on the end of a lot of W's, and I know I can be on the end of a lot of W's. But the young guys, they they haven't right, and so I don't I don't know how um, how that how that adds up and how that affects their growth. So that's why I think a win here and there it helps their growth. I mean, you saw it against the Kings; they were they were. I mean, it was like they. It was like an NCAA game on the on, on the bench, you know. They were jumping up and they, you know, and, and uh, going a little crazy. Like, um, so I, I want them to have more positive experiences so that they have more energy because that's just that's the truth at every level. It doesn't matter who you are, uh, winning, you know, helps with energy. Losing doesn't. Right. So um, let's hope they get. Let's hope they get one and and they're in a bunch of them because I do think again. When they're in the games and they're playing competitive basketball, two things. One, they get a lot more out of it. And two, we get a lot more out of it because the evaluations are, are real. Like it's hard to evaluate some of Scoot when, when you're down 20 and he, he's scoring. You're like, yeah, who's he scoring against? Are they trying? <laughs> you know, and um, so I, I, hope they're, I hope the games are, you know, I'm hoping four of the games are competitive. Fair. All right. Any concern about Aiden's knee? Mr. That's my question to you yeah. I, because I, I've been here long enough to have shared PTSD with Blazers big men who who miss games because of uh, knee injuries. And uh, there hasn't been a lot of talk about whether or not it's a – you know, really like an issue that's ongoing or, or, you know, what have you, what have you heard? Um, I mean, it's, it's knee tendonitis. Whenever I see him, he's walking around fine. He doesn't look like someone who's seriously injured. It's probably just been bothering him. Um, I haven't really even worried about it much because guys have just been in and out of the lineup all season. So <clears throat> you're the first person to really raise the question in my presence. <laughs> about if this is something more serious and it's been let on to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, if he misses the Dallas game, you know, I'll, I'll do some more poking around and sort of ask, you know, Hey, what's going on here? Is this, 
more serious than has been let on. But, you know, again, I, I, he when he walks around the locker room, he seems fine. You know what I mean? Not fine. Like obviously, he's not playing because he's got an issue. But there's no limp. There's no, you know, he's not wearing anything. Uh, and these things happen with these guys in the NBA. Like, you know, knee soreness or something, you know, keeps him out for a few games, whatever. So I just haven't really been alarmed by it. But I will definitely take a closer look uh, should he miss the Dallas game. You, however, seem concerned. I just, you know, when when – when a guy's out with knee soreness, tendonitis for multiple games, and they they say he's out a day before, like I'm like, okay, at what point is it uh, is it something that they're gonna do an MRI on, or did they do an MRI and it's fine? Because then I'd like to know. That's all. I'm just I'm the people. Sometimes I'm the people, Ventress. So I got to ask the questions for the people. And I think there's some people that want to know when a Blazers big man who's, you know, like a big part of the future and the team has been missing, you know, now four games. And I think it's going to be five. And he missed a couple previously with the knee soreness. Like, hey, do I need to worry about this? Or are we just kind of figuring why put wear and tear on the guy? Right. Um, which is I'm fine with that. And then hopefully, and right now um, we hope Simons will just be back sooner rather than later. And, uh, and then we'll watch for what happens with, uh, with scoots minutes in those, uh, in those games on the road. But no, I mean, the good news here is other than the Williams injury, they've been, even Simons, his thumb came back faster than we thought, you know, it wasn't, uh, lingering and now sharps back. So there hasn't been anything and I don't want to jinx it. So I'm not going to say it out loud, but they've been game just by game. Doomed, just doomed everybody. Good job, Craig. All right. So there was a big trade involving your Knicks. Yeah, baby. You want to break that down and compare it to uh, what the Blazers maybe could have done? Well, I, I just, you know, obviously yeah. OG <laughs> Ananubi had been, rumored for a long time to be traded and the Blazers kept coming up at one point during, you know, in the sharp draft, there was a word that the Raptors wanted the seven pick and the Blazers weren't willing to give it up. Uh, and then multiple number ones. And maybe in the Lillard trade, there was that Raptors thing. So um, I was a little surprised. I think it's a trade for, that helps both teams based on salaries and contracts and needs uh, in the sense that the Raptors, I think they're, they're either going full re, you know, full rebuild. Siakam might be on the way out. Right. I mean, um, and they got a guard back in quickly. So the, the, the trade was OG, OG and two, two NBA players, you know, backups uh, for RJ Barrett, quickly and a second round pick as a Nick fan. I'm shocked that they didn't have to give up a first. Now it is a Pistons second round pick. So it's as close to a first round pick as you could get, <laughs> you know, okay, right but, but, exp- but explain this to me. What, what is the fascination with OG? Like he, people act like he's Durant. He's 15 points a game. Well, he's a good, I, I'm, I'm just saying that. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but, there's been all this talk about him being traded and the, and the 
the Raptors wanted the world. And to me, Barrett and quickly, like Barrett's a legit starter, 20 point scorer whose shooting has improved and quickly, you know, is a nice no, point guard. No, it hasn't. Huh? <laughs> it hasn't? It hasn't improved. It's tanked back. It tank I mean, back? it's the most inconsistent thing. Yeah, he just can't. I mean, he had one good year shooting where we're like, oh, it's like 37%. It's looking great. And he then, began uh, this year pretty well. Did 30... he fall back? You would know better than me. Yeah, he started great, good month, then bad month, terrible month. Shoots about 33% from three. His offensive efficiency numbers are terrible for a starter. Um, and he makes, you know, he makes close to $30 million. So that contract is big and long-term. And he's twenty. He's only twenty three, and he's Canadian. So going back to Toronto is going to be great. And he hasn't been awful. He just hasn't been the, the, the what you need. And he's not. Um, he's not a terrible defender, but he can't guard one through four. And he is not a three and D guy. And uh, for the Knicks, quickly plays the same position as their best player in Brunson. And he's right. a restricted free agent next year that's going to make big bucks. The, the Knicks were never going to resign him. They tried to extend him to a deal that would have worked salary-wise. He rejected it. Smart move on his part. He's going to make money because he deserves it. He's, he's a really good player that might be a lead guard. Not quite a point guard. Uh, good defender. Not strong like for every position, but a really good um, you know, defender. But the thing with... OG is that he, you know what you're getting, which is an all, def, you know, second team, all defensive team last year. He can guard one through four. He shoots 40% from three in the corners, which is, um, and he plays really, really hard. Question marks are his health. And yes, he averaged, I mean, he averages everywhere from 19 to 15 because he's that kind of player. He doesn't care um, about scoring. Um, and he's been on teams where, you know, they needed a scoring and he, and he does it. He's rebounded terribly this year. Um, but his numbers are usually better than where he's at now. And look, his first game, he had 17 and six, like, and hit a couple threes. So, and the Knicks beat Minnesota. So that's good. <laughs> you know, if you're, you know, if you're evaluating game, one game, you're like, well, that's a great trade. It was perfect. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I wouldn't have, we talked about it. Siakam, we both said. We'd give up a lot for Siakam. We wouldn't give up as much for OG. They're two different things. And I think what the, the Knicks gave up was more aligned uh, with what they're what you're getting, which is a, a really, really good two-way player. Um, but I think that if the Raptors, if at any time the Blazers had offered that number seven pick, and they they should have taken it. Now I don't think the Blazers did. So and uh, no, they did. Um, that was in play, right? But they wanted way more. Toronto was being greedy. They were because I'd rather have, you know, if you're if you're them right now, I'd rather have Sharp on on a rookie contract right. than R.J. Barrett on that huge contract. Um, and again, R.J. Barrett's not bad. He's just not a you know he's not elite and or at anything, and he needs to take a lot of shots. He needs the ball in his hand. That's why his efficiency numbers are really bad. Um, so I think that NBA personnel, scouts, coaches, people that know, they think a lot of OG, and he's only twenty six. Well, they didn't get the three first round picks they wanted to. And they turned down Sharp. Imagine how the Blazers made that trade and got an OG and Grant that offseason. They don't trade Dame. 
Well, one, they wouldn't have had a top five pick, so they would have never been tempted by someone like Scoot. Right. right. You might have won some games. Right. <laughs> so the entire landscape of this of this franchise would be totally different. And it'll be interesting to see. And you might not have traded you might not have traded Lillard. No, that's my point. They would have traded Lillard at all. Yeah. Because they would have won they, so they wouldn't have had they would have been tempted to trade Lillard because they wouldn't have had the top five pick, um, which would have pissed off Lillard had they not because they didn't trade it. That would have been a thing. He would have had OG and Grant. Yep. Right, it's possible you could still flip Nurkic little and what have you to get Aiden. Um, Whew. yeah, and then that team's good. That team's that's good. good. That's, that's a good that's, team. That's a fifty-one team that's making noise in the West, but it didn't happen. So now the Blazers are going to be digging themselves out of a hole for the next few years, trying to get to the playoffs. Maybe by two thousand twenty-seven, maybe four or five, maybe it's one twenty-six, maybe maybe twenty-six. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. All right. Well, okay. So, do you? So, given. Okay. Let me ask you this. So, have they been able to trade Anthony and something for OG during the offseason, this last offseason? But OG wasn't available for that. Like, that wasn't. Toronto wasn't interested in, in that, which is fascinating because they ended up with Schroeder and now they got quickly, but Ant and whatever wasn't good enough. It's just bizarre how they end up with this deal, whereas they could have done better trading with the Blazers and that would have changed the Blazers situation. Because had they gone out and gotten OG and kept the third, well, and flipped the third pick too. With like now, yeah, I mean you're you're a really good basketball team moving forward with Dame. Instead, you're a bad basketball team hoping and praying that the youngsters work out. So, yeah, I mean I think this is more on Toronto than it is the Blazers. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not blaming the Blazers at all. Toronto's being ridiculous. Yeah, I I just think it's interesting that how things change and sometimes waiting. um, Does you know we we've been heard the word patience 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 from two GMs maybe more than that but you know that was Neil Olshay's thing right like gonna wait gonna wait gotta wait you can't just rush it for the right deal and then we have the new GM say I'm gonna throw all our chips in and then go well I didn't see anything so I had to be pay you got to be patient Um, sometimes it does pay off because I think the Knicks ended up you know um, getting OG at at possibly. Um, because they're going to resign him. That's the key, right? Again, he's a restrict. He's an unrestricted free agent. So, I mean, he's got a player option that he's going to opt out because he's going to make more. So, if the Knicks don't sign him, then it's a then it's a mess. This trade's a mess. But no one thinks he's not going to get signed because the president of the Blazers' son is his agent. So, like you would think, <laughs> they might have you know, like just passed the note at, at Thanksgiving. Like, hey, what do you think? So, um, <laughs> collusion, whatever. Like, uh, you know, how about the potatoes and OG? Like, you think it'll work? But I'm just saying, like, they the 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 Raptors wanted thought they could compete, and they were a little afraid of maybe making a deal. And now they're they make the deal when they're 12 and 17 or whatever they were. But yeah, I, look, I if you ask me. And I watch both these teams quite a bit. Simons are quickly. Who do I want? I want Simons. Like it's not even close. I mean, he's he's offensively just so gifted. So um, I think that was the part that we'll, maybe won't ever know exactly. But the Raptors could really use a lead guard. That's why they went and got quickly. So Simons um, would have been. It looks like a really good fit with Siakam and and what they have left. But. Um, yeah, now now we wait, and again, 
we speculate. And if OG walks and signs with the, you know, the Pistons next year, the Knicks are going to be like, well, that was a bad trade. Let's sign quickly back. Who's a restricted free agent. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that that guy finally got traded because the Blazers and, you know, with Siakam and OG, they just been so many rumors. I uh, thought it was worth uh, mentioning. And of course I got to talk about the Knicks. So there you go. Win-win. And everyone logged out at that moment. <laughs> All right. Anything else? <laughs> oh God, Craig's talking. No, I'm about good. The He's breaking down Barrett and quickly. What's that, honey? Oh yeah. I'll come do that. Honey, do list. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I'll be back from this trip on the 10th, and uh, we can, uh, there'll still be two games left, but we can recap it and um, just hope it's not that bad. But, you know, yeah, we're, you know, wins and losses don't matter. We're looking for development, right? It's all it's about. It's all it's about. It's all about baby about. steps. Baby Literally, steps. baby steps. Literally, baby steps. All right. Thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus podcast. Please click the subscribe button and give us a positive rating and we will catch you on the other side.